0: Welcome to Cleveland Moto Podcast number three hundred and fifty-eight, the COVID positive edition. Yep. Uh, so, I, this is raise is your this hand our, if
1: you have COVID. <laughs> Wait. No. He's frozen. Oh shit!
0: His computer's got COVID too. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a, <yeah. laughs> so, I've, is Hold this on. the first? Is this the very first time that we've had somebody in our group? Wait, I'm experiencing some lag. Yeah, you're experiencing some lag. We've well, already moved on to podcast number 359. Yeah, you got to
1: raise your hand, John. You were supposed to raise yeah. your hand.
0: Oh, you know, no. He's got some serious lag.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I, I kind of had COVID the one time. I was still <laughs> I was still coming off the vid when we had the, the Zoom podcast. I, oh, boy.
0: I can hear you. Yeah, it's like a, it's like your computer's geriatric. It takes a little while to to respond and to catch up to the whole conversation. The uh, but so, yeah, Sleepy definitely had COVID. We know Sleepy 100 percent tested positive for COVID. Yep. And uh, so John's here and John has tested positive for COVID. And but but. Um, Two
1: tests so far. And who did you get it from?
0: Who do you think
2: <laughs> your boyfriend i'm thinking i'm not going on record but he blames everybody he, he blames other people he's blaming me but i'm the only one in my household who has it mm-hmm.
0: and he has several in his circle who have it. oh really now yeah in, in his circle just because i'm just curious is he the only one that's not vaccinated, or his whole, is his whole tribe not vaccinated?
2: I'm not sure about that, but yeah. as far as I know, him, Kit, and the daughter, and Patrick had it, and everybody's had it, and so yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Kit Kit took the vaccine, but nobody has a bad. Mm. So I don't know. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, way. for the most part, am pretty much okay. I'm okay. I mean, I just have very mild symptoms, a little bit of a headache. I had some chills, night sweats last night. I could smell and taste just fine. A um, little stuffy nose, but nothing too bad. So if this is COVID, cool. <laughs> I'm good. You'll take
0: your punch on I your car. I had
2: two shots. I had not boosted, but.
0: Oh. I guess this is my booster. Yeah, this is your (laughs) booster. Yeah, this is totally your booster right now. Yeah. Uh, So here's my question. I've got, this is a question for the whole group.
2: Maggie and Piper are not,
0: they're negative. And so I'm just staying in my bedroom and staying away from them. All right. That's cool. That's good. So anyway, I wanted to throw this out there because this is absolutely a motorcycle topic, but it's, Absolutely important for us right now. So, um, you guys may or may not know this, but next week is the AIM Expo in Las Vegas. So, starting on Wednesday, the, the 19th, uh, is the AIM Expo in Las Vegas. It's at the Las Vegas Convention Center. A little backstory that's where last week they had the Consumer Electronics Show. Okay. So, the same building that had the CES show. CES is a very big show. Um, that, that, that makes the aim show look like a puppy dog, right? So that was last week, next week, aim expo. Now I've been to a ton of motorcycle shows. I've been to a ton of dealer expos. I know that if I miss this thing, if I don't happen to show up, it's not the end of the world. It's not even going to bother me a little bit, right? Uh, Probably not going to be anything happening there that I'm not aware of. A couple of my vendors, a couple of people that we sell bikes for are deciding to have dealer meetings at that event, which I love it when people say, like, we're going to do two things at the same time. We're not going to make you fly out for a dealer meeting. We're just going to do it at the AIM Expo. If you're there, we'll put out some information to you, whatever. So get in an airplane, fly to Las Vegas, spend three or four days in Las Vegas doing Las Vegas things at the AIM Expo. That's Not the, you know, it's not really a general public thing. I think maybe the last two days are, but the first couple of days are industry only, but it's motorcycle industry. And that means there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, they wouldn't wear a mask if, if they deep down inside thought it was good for them. Right. There are people there that might use it as a political stance, that kind of thing. Um, That Sturgis factor. Right. And so I was pretty easy. You know, I had bought my airplane tickets. I had bought my room at the Sahara. I had put the credit card numbers out there and made it all happen. But then the Omicron numbers kept going up. Yeah. And as we see now, we have Steve cinch recovered from his, you know, him getting it with both shots. Yep. And now we've got John McElfresh getting it with both shots and Steve Hoffert getting it and all of his people. So, The idea of me going to Las Vegas to participate in a look at my dick contest, it really didn't, you know, it was pretty easy for me to walk away from that shit. Yeah. And uh, Liza and uh, I think Liza, maybe Emma and Jim from the Misfits podcast. I know they're all going out there. Maybe John is too, but they're all going out there and uh they're planning and and like Liza says they are very careful they they all mask each other up and whatever you know they all watch each other's back and wipe all the COVID off if it gets on them that whole thing right so
1: I don't think I was totally cool Omicron man I think with Omicron all that goes out the window dude
0: sure okay I'll buy that is there a question in here oh there's a question so at first my my statement was well you know what I'm going to eat the airplane ticket I think if I cancel the hotel room now, I get my money back. So I'll eat the $300 airplane ticket. And then like a sign from above, United fucked my flight up. So United <laughs> fucked my flight up. And I got that awesome email that says the bank has made an error in your favor, that kind of thing. If this is a one-time opportunity, if you want to change your flight or cancel your flight, no harm, no foul. Yeah, baby. So I was like, Yahtzee. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's cool (laughs) because the type of ticket that I bought was of course, non-exchangeable, non-refundable. If you don't fly, you die, right? Whatever. They're just keeping all your money. Weird thing about air travel, especially with United, even if you buy that stupid, the cheap, cheap, cheap ticket, you can actually spend $90 and get like the backup, right? And the backup will turn your ticket into a slightly better ticket. And it will make that ticket, uh, transferable or at least you know you can change it to a different date. So I was like I'm going to spend $90 to change my ticket to a different date and they're going to eat the $90 but so what I'm not losing all 300 it's very small math. But again, I got the email they fucked up my ticket or my flight was changed and I had a one time golden ticket to get out of my flight. I'm out. So I pull the trigger and I'm out of the flight. I pull the trigger at the Sahara and tell the Sahara, I'm out of my room because it's more than five days in advance. They can't charge me any money on the room. Yay. So I'm clean. Then I get an email. And I called Liza and talked to her about it. I was like, before I really back out of this whole thing, they're my friends. I want to see them. Are they going? And it kind of, it, it banged me a little bit when I heard they were going. So I decided I'm out. Then I get this fucking email. And because when I register for a show, I register for Phil Waters as the owner of Cleveland Moto, but I also register for Phil Waters Podcast Geek, right? So uh, sometimes I get two different kinds of emails. The one kind of email is like, yeah, be here at this window or whatever. Sometimes I get an email that says the hospitality suite for you podcast assholes is over there as Mecklefresh found out. And you get access to snacky snacks and a, a quiet place to do podcast interviews and all kinds of cool shit. So that's why I always register both ways, right? So from that email address that I used for the media side, I get this email that says the same exact time that you're going to be in Vegas for the AIM Expo, just down the street at Caesars Palace, they're doing the SHOT Show. And the SHOT Show is the gun dealer's show. It's not for the citizens. It's not for the punters. It's not for the civilians. It's for people who have a license to go in and Remington and Smith and Wesson and Ruger and Sig and all these other companies are going to be there like with their cool new shit, right? That creates a problem mm. because they sent me this email and it turns out Las Vegas promotions thing, you know, they, they don't have enough people for either event. So they're not going to try to get people to go to both events. So like your media credentials for the AIM Expo are now good at the SHOT show.
2: Yeah, but you still gotta deal with possibly There will be less people at the Shot Show wearing masks than at
0: the motorcycle show, I'm pretty sure.
1: That's what I'm thinking too, man.
0: John, you are absolutely right. I would I, guarantee-
2: so, I mean I would say, given your history, given the fact that you've been vaccinated, you've had COVID, yeah. you could go. I mean, 98% of the infections are Omicron right now, and it seems to be pretty mild, but you're going to have to, when you come back, give yourself like a whole week of isolation so you don't get anybody else sick, because it's almost like a 90% chance that you could get it, but I you really probably won't get it way. too bad. Yeah. I really do, and I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly other... get back. You really that whole trip. You would have to come back and stay in isolation for at least five to seven days.
3: Well, explain so, to me. Explain to me why the shot show is any has any more allure than the uh, the other show. I mean, if, yeah. if go go ahead. Yeah, because awesome, I also it's awesome if you're.
2: I mean, it's awesome for guns. It's all the newest, coolest guns and, and hands-on and getting to pick up stuff that is not yet
3: on the shelves and, and I, just I, all kinds of... If you like guns, it's the best thing you could go to. Yeah, but you don't have to go this year. No. You can go next year. Speaking of guns, though, you guys have but to... Wait, I, I, wait, wait. I want to hear what Phil says because he's making a, a decision of the of the first show. Right. And it's a bad idea to go to the first show. Right. But now you're thinking of going to the second show, which, as John McElfresh pointed out, is probably going to be more likely to have people that are less compliant. So what's what's your thought process?
0: And the bonus to that, like the other bonus to it, is that the second show is in Caesars Palace, which is actually a smaller venue, right? So, and then the other additive is... They just moved the Pinball Hall of Fame and Museum. They moved it into a new location. It's all fancy and brand new and super cool, which is my other, you know, fetish. So literally like in this one week or this, you know, 5-day span, it's hitting three of my strong heavy fetishes. You know, so that's the reason I would want to go. Now, obviously. Yeah, yes, I've had all the things. I've had the Corona and I've had the two shots and a booster. I don't think that means anything to Omicron. I think that I'm probably going to end up coming home with Omicron. So then is that worth it? Then a week after coming back, so I would be coming back probably on a Saturday. One week after that, Merritt and I have scheduled a, you know, a ski trip to New York. So it's like, okay, so I could hide at my house and stay away from the shop and not worry about infecting anybody there for five days. And then we're in the van and we're off our, on our way to you know New York to go skiing. Do I can I manage to do this without one infecting myself? Two, if I do infect myself, do I then infect my wife as soon as I get back? And then three, do I end up with Omicron? Does somebody else end up with? And this is the thing. I've got one, two, three events that are all pulling me and trying to make me go. And I am not gonna go. I Good. mean, it's it's been it's really. And you say next year, right? So next year, why couldn't you go next year? Well, next year, I'm not going to be a gun dealer. So that means I can't go to the SHOT Show. Uh, next year, AIM Expo may or may not. Columbus, Who? that's great. You know, we've done the Columbus one before. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so it's just this, it's just this one particular thing that starting, I don't know, four or five days from now. I've got an event that I could go to that would be one, two, three, at least three levels. we're not even talking about tiki bars. We're at least three levels of awesomeness in my world in a four or five day weekend.
4: Well, you know, Um, we can solve the next year problem by just talking about guns more on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And getting more hate mail from our our listeners and our viewers.
1: (laughs) And I do want to buy in the next month or so, I definitely want to buy a a sneak gun. So I want to buy a shotgun. So we got to to figure out what shotgun I'm buying.
0: Mossberg 500, start cheap.
1: Okay. Is that the the three or four shot one that you're like, boom, like you
4: had? You you probably just missed your chance on the the Ducks Unlimited.
2: The annual Ducks Unlimited
4: Unlimited gun auctions probably just ended. So you missed that.
1: That's, my, that's me, though.
4: I always, you can get a gun for 50 to 100 bucks under you know the best price you'll find.
0: Yeah, and there's always friends of ours, always friends of ours, that always have Mossberg 500s for sale, because you know like, oh, I, I, I do have one of those in the closet, and I accidentally just bought the better one, so I can sell my old one. Okay. And whether a Mossberg's brand new or 35 years old, it doesn't matter. they're, they're exactly about the same me, gun. Phil.
4: i've got a mossberg 500 and i just bought a a semi-auto replacement for it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so that's one of those
1: i was gonna say as you do but well done yeah yeah
0: the uh so anyway i thought that would be a fun one for people to be like a fucking sophie's choice over here (laughs) and kind of having to really having to decide if they
2: have to Free tickets or free airfare or free, free hotel. Then you have to go. Well,
0: <laughs> the, the thing is like every day I get these emails that are telling me how awesome the show is going to be. So like they want to make sure that, you know, they, to, to fuck with guys like me. So today I get emails from both the, the motorcycle dealers expo and from the shot show. Both of them were like, well, if you come out, you're going to get Sig Sauer is going to buy you a steak dinner. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, here we go. You, you might know? be
1: in an ICU unit the next day, but you're gonna. To to- I can
0: eat a steak
2: dinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the one of the ones you know GV luggage, you know GV motorcycle luggage. They did a thing that says if you stop into their booth. So if you actually go to their booth, they're going to give you, I think, ten or fifteen percent off everything you order for the entire year. And free shipping. Wow. And for people as as a dealer, I'm going to tell you, I order easily $30,000 with a GV every year, right? If I could get 10 to 15% off of that and pick up free shipping for the rest of the year. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to send Liza in there with my dealer number. Yeah. Because I know she's going. So I'll make her to go to the, the GV booth, sign up on the little thing, listen to their little pitch or whatever it is. And get me signed up for that so I can get that discount and that free shipping. Because we know she's going to be there. So and she's
1: got a bigger dick than you, so that makes
0: even better. That's time. true, too. Yeah. I, I told her about the That's whole the thing. Problem. I told her about me being registered for the SHOT Show, and I thought maybe she might like just to, to go there to just goof on it, you know, or whatever. And... Uh, Cause you know, James immediately, James was like, yeah, we got to go to the shot show. We're going to wear like unicorn onesies and big, those giant, big fur unicorn <laughs> heads and the whole thing and just go in, you know, just go in there and, uh, and, and just rock the show. Right. But the, cause I would still go, I mean, I'd still have a great time cause I'm not there for the people. I'm there to see the new hardware. I'm here to see the new, the new cool stuff. So, right. but I told Liza about it. It's like, you know, this is a two twofer. You can go into both shows now. And she had zero interest in going into the shot show. Absolutely none. So she was like, no, nah, I don't want that. Maybe the guys would like it, but I have, I have no desire to do any of that. So it's like, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I think if you had a gun in California, you'd probably want to shoot too many people. So
0: pretty
1: much works <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, it's. It'd be a tough, tough thing. The uh, so
2: ten round magazines.
0: It's a bit restrictive, a bit, a bit more restrictive. Anybody have any motorcycle news they'd like to decide talk about real quick? I have decided
1: to um, when I borrow a lift off you. Yeah, I'm going to redo my Ke100 and make it a 70s spectacular. Four or five color fucking um, uh, metallic insane paint job fucking motorcycle with eight oh, wow. on it. Yeah.
0: That sounds very cool.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be my mid-Ohio champion.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. It um, that's that's a very cool project. I like I like everything about that. I just um, need somebody
1: to help me find the carburetor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh,
2: Are we still planning on signing up for hair scrambles so we get the discounted rate on camping?
0: Yeah, That's a good idea, too. Yeah. Do you still have your TS-250?
2: No, but I've I got another one lined up.
0: <laughs> well, that one guy was doing the hair scramble on a, a Trail 110, wasn't he? Right. Or Trail 90? You probably yeah. could
2: do it on anything you wanted as long as you want to sign up.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I I completely agree with that. Yeah, that's not that's actually a really, really good idea.
2: I got a good lineup like
0: K E two fifty.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah.
1: Does it have a hidden carburetor as well?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it has a prominent carburetor. Okay. Well, so, sleepy. so your, your one your bike has a it does have the carburetor under inside the case because it's got a uh disc a rotary valve so it's in it's under a cover on the side of the motor maybe
1: yes no, that's exactly
3: where it is it's a pain in the oh. want to hear a joke always Bill Gates is hanging out with the chairman of general Motors <clears throat> If the automotive technology had kept pace with computer technology over the past few decades, boasts Gates, you would now be driving a V32 instead of a V8, and it would have a top speed of 10,000 miles an hour, or you could have an economy car that weighs 30 pounds and gets 1,000 miles to a gallon of gas. In either case, the sticker price of the car would be less than 50 bucks. Sure, says the chairman, but would you really want to drive a car that crashes four times a day?
0: Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um are we able to share sleepy are we sharing oh i think so uh, yeah go ahead and share able- go ahead and set me up because i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to share a screen that i got for you guys that i think hey, you might like
1: try it i, I thought it, it, it
0: doesn't it save uh yeah here we go i got it we'll see if you guys nope sorry re- i've been disabled all right what do i got to do here hold on Reenable enable me baby
1: I'm working on their screen, multiple advanced sharing options.
0: (laughs) EAV. Try it now. Try it now. All right. There we go. Excellent. Here we go. You guys are going to love this. So, uh, I've been spending too much time watching videos. So, what you got there is you got uh, a whole bunch of these uh, specialized screws that you put into the lugs on your dirt bikes. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I've done far too much research. I've, I've watched, I think 37 YouTube videos. And I now know the difference between all the different ways that you can put <laughs> screws into a tire. And there are some ways that work really well and there are some ways that don't work really well. And uh, for the level of commitment that I'm willing to make to this mission, You'll see that uh, up here in the top, we got uh, we got the half-inch original gold ice screws. And these things are cool. Like, the head of the ice screw is all beveled and cut in and shit. Um, and they're, uh, like, a very hard metal. They're not just like your regular uh, sheet uh, sheetrock screw or drywall screw. Can you go to the other picture,
1: the, the more um, in-depth picture?
0: Sure, of course. And uh, oh, so, yeah, there you yeah. go. So you see the way the heads are? Yeah. So that no matter which part of the head hits the ground, it, it bites, right? Yeah. So because Take that it. head's off, yeah. all hollow.
1: And it's got a fat tooth on it too that ain't coming out of your tire.
0: Right. And so I watched a bunch of videos people comparing a standard sheet metal screw to a short uh, self-tapping screw, you know, all hex heads kind of thing. And various different levels of success and failure, but after much research, this is where I'm at. And, uh, now no- it's a little long. I've seen quarter inch ones that might be better. Well, it turns out the magic number, according to a whole bunch of hillbillies that do these, t- do this to SSRs all the time is three three eights.
4: Hmm.
0: So, so I, I may have taken a bit of a plunge, but I ordered in 1000 eighths ice racing screws right they are are ama certified for ice racing uh there are some that are outlaw that they won't let you run but these are legal and i've watched enough hours of video on this to know that for the kind of shenanigans that we do this is exactly the right level of intensity
1: well the pond Uh, is at two and a half inches ice right now if it stays cold we could probably be racing in the next three or four days
0: How'd you keep your dick hard enough that long to measure it?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I had to put a hole in the ice and then yeah. I had a dick
2: and I figured I was it, it was a tough breaking through. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I, just, I put it in the hole and it only made it down about a quarter way. So yeah. I figured that had to be at least two inches of ice. So good
0: to go. Yeah. yeah. So you want, you want to
4: hope that it doesn't snow because that'll slow down the, pre- the freezing process.
1: Well, right now it's not That's snowing out here. We don't right. get lake effect snow, so it's just cold.
2: Yeah. Wind with your friend. The more wind, the faster it freezes. That makes sense too. Excellent. Yeah, I, think I like the sun that. The is kind of a bit nice and in the shade, so yeah, the no. sun won't come out and warm it up. No, but you know what else is crazy? I did a time lapse of it when
1: the ice was forming, and it's crazy to see how the ice moves. Like, it starts over here, then it'll move over here, and then the whole thing freezes, then part of it does it, and then it free. It's crazy how much it moves. I thought I would just kind of, like, freeze and sit there, but no, that fucking ice is moving around until it gets really solid. It's pretty neat, actually. Yeah.
0: So here's an, here's an interesting thing I learned about these ice screws, because for guys that are doing it heavy duty, like the guys that really, really want to go and be in the ice a whole fucking lot And uh, they're willing to sacrifice a a specific set of tires for this kind of an adventure. Um, It turns out there's 15 different companies that make uh, spikes for tires. And everybody's like, everyone's got a different science for what works the best. And it is fantastic. The different sort of trial and error technologies that we've seen um, people going after. And... It turns out that I'm sure if you guys have seen uh, if you guys looked around at at ever looked at, you know, motorcycle tire spikes on a motorcycle, you may have seen these little studs that are coming out of them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you guys, uh, I'll share the screen with you. And I'll show you what turns out to be the most hilarious, uh, get it done, sort of down and dirty hillbilly method. So, the item on the bottom is an actual specific designed ice racing screw, right? A stud. Oh, yeah. You can see it's got a little hex head on it, and it's got some threads.
1: Well, it's got uh, that copper on it, too, to keep it from just going into the tire and everything.
0: Yeah, so that's the silver one. So, look at the gray one, right? Yeah. Now, you see the blue one? That's a Tapcon. That's right. The blue one's known in the industry as a Tapcon, and the Tapcon is uh, if you're a lazy guy, you know about tap cons like tap cons will save your ass they hold anything to anything like you can hang they're for masonry. yeah they're designed to go into concrete and you basically drill a pilot hole with a small masonry bit that's a certain specific size smaller than the tap con and then you Mm. use your impact to screw the tap con in hammer drill yeah hammer drill and it literally taps into the concrete as it goes in so the tap cons are kind of amazing now, but here's the trick. They're expensive, though. Yeah, but they're less expensive than spikes. Okay. okay? <laughs> so the reason that you do the Tapcons, take a look here, boys. Take a look at that. So the Tapcons go in from the, in from the inside of the tire. So the Tapcons go in from the inside of the tire, and they come out the outside of the tire. Okay? <clears throat> but that's not enough. What you then got to do is, is go get yourself some m10 bolts now this is the this is the pro this is the method that's legit right but if you go get some m10 nuts rather oh and you get you get your m10 nuts you can actually thread the m10 nuts or m6 nuts down onto the tapcon and so you can use a wrench to put a nut onto the tapcon to keep the tapcon from going back in and you know fucking up your tube
1: well, and it kind of seals it too.
0: Yeah, well, there's no seal. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. no, the, the compression, the compression of the right. rubber. I mean, I know yeah. you have an inner tube in there. What I'm saying, though, is, say right. your inner tube popped or whatever, th- that that yeah. compression is going to cause some sealing, at least, you know, yeah. like, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's a cool thing. I looked. I mean, I I checked it out, and I watched a guy that had set up a whole knobby, like he'd set up a whole knobby using the tap cons, and his method was. He pre-drilled the tire from the inside out, ran the Tapcon through. So there was about a good inch of Tapcon sticking out. Then he dropped a fender washer, a small round washer over the Tapcon. And then he ran a nut down on it. He ran a a six millimeter nut down on it and then zapped it with the welder. Okay. That thing's a thousand
1: fucking like. That, take them, that took them like two weeks to do per tire, man.
0: It only took me 20 minutes to watch the video. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
0: it took me 20 minutes to know we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 did all, I did all the checking out of all the different videos, and it turns out the, the gold screws for the weight of the bikes we're using, for the way that we're using them, uh, these guys are getting like more than a year out of a set of tires but here's my favorite part is when you're done, you can take the screws out. So, when you're done fucking around on the ice in the wintertime and you want to then go out the next year and fuck around in the mud, you just take the screws out. Use the same impact driver you used to put them in, take them right out again. Now they don't oh, go back in so good. Leave them in. That's that's what hey, you leave them in. <laughs> for, the, for where well, we're riding.
2: A, you know. A lot of the Enduro riders yep. who are riding not in the snow, like Enduro riders, yep. they're studying their tires yep. because guess what? It goes good in the mud. It goes yep. great over logs and fucking tires go good on any terrain that's not fucking pavement.
0: The only thing, yeah, the only thing they don't work on is pavement, right? And so so, I'm, so I've definitely, I'm committing it to it. I'm going to commit my bike to it. Uh, so if I've got to go out to Hoffert's uh, camp at some point and pick up the trailer or whatever to help you out while I'm out there, I'm going to pick up my bike. And I'm gonna bring my bike in and I'm gonna set it up. I was
1: gonna go pick up mine and just do the seat and make it seatable.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna put screws in your seat.
1: Yeah, because I found a couch down the street they were throwing out, so I stole the padding. I'm just gonna roll it up and make it into a seat at some point.
0: Good. That's cool.
1: So it looks like I'm gonna be like it's gonna look like I'm riding a water buffalo, but it's gonna be comfortable as fuck. So that's gonna be awesome.
0: No. I'm okay enough with the seat. I mean, the seats, it's a pain, but now that I got my weight more forward and I'm hugging the gas tank all the time, the seat doesn't bother me as much.
2: You're not going to be sitting on the seat much. You're going to have one leg down and yeah. throw it sideways.
1: Yeah. No, dude, my pucker was bloody for days, man. I'm going to go for some <laughs> comfort, man. That's what I'm going to
2: Fixer didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have pictures of the bloody pucker if you really.
0: want Oh no 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 no! That's the the latest season of Letter Kenny. I'll turn you right off of that whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
1: That was a quick season, by the way. It went through really quick.
0: Yeah, it's only six episodes. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's too bad. The uh, but so anyway, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I, I may only go out and do it once or twice. I don't know. We'll see if I like it. We'll see if it sticks. Um, for people that don't know, for people who are not from the Cleveland area. Um, which is most of our listeners. <clears throat> so something really weird happened this year. Um, this year, I purchased a snow plow. It's my first time I've ever bought. Now, years ago, many years ago, I had a company and we did snow plowing. Like that was what we did. We snow plowed people's driveways. That's how we made money. And uh, but for all these years now, I have not ever had a snow plow. I've got a snow blower at each. You know, I got snow blower at the shop and I got snow blower at my house. And they're good units, good quality units, but I have never bought another snowplow until this year.
2: I'll tell you what the guy at work told me when I bought my snowmobile. It'll never snow again. Good job.
0: Thanks. It's it's right at the dead middle of January right now. And Virginia has been snowed sideways. Denver has been snowed upside down and backwards. Um, Places that haven't gotten snow... Tokyo was locked under four feet of snow for way too long. Like places that don't get snow have gotten snow. But Cleveland, Ohio has been fucking snow free.
1: That's because you bought a plow, right?
0: Because I put a $2,000 plow on the front of a Japanese micro truck, right?
1: We'll never have snow again. It's gonna never going to snow again. Right. Yeah.
0: I'm telling people right now, you could buy your beach house now on Lake Erie (laughs) because it's never going to snow again.
1: And yeah. and to back up that, John bought a snow machine, so it's definitely never snowing right. anytime time ever in Cleveland.
0: Nope. We're done. That's it. It's it. It's over. There's never – we're not going to have any – so that's why I figured I know your lake, your pond is going to freeze over. Right. And I love riding my dirt bikes. I love playing around in the snow with, you know, the big hearts on and all that stuff. You fall down, it doesn't hurt. I love that shit. So since I just have to accept that's not going to happen this year. Right. Or if it I does, it's going to be bad.
2: Use, use snow shanties on marketplace so we can have like a shanty out in the middle with a eater or something like that. Do right. some ice fishing while you're
0: not racing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a vision of us having a six man ice shelter in the middle of this pond mm-hmm. and f- four guys inside with some heating device and beverages. As three other guys are circling at, you know, 200 RPM. Yeah. Cut a hole in the ice around us. Yeah. And they just cut a big donut in the ice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what and then, I expect. You know, the thing, and then we float
3: not... off to Canada.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Everybody's throwing their Christmas trees away right now. And I'm like, I just want to cruise around and grab about 20 Christmas trees and strap them to a trailer and take them out to Sidges house and then just... Set them all up and watch one 40-foot flame swirl into the air. Dude, the guy, the guy before he left,
1: I have a 50-foot bonfire area in the backyard. And there's still big logs and also metal things that I don't know what they are in the middle of it. So we can have a 100-foot bonfire as as <laughs> bring the shit over.
3: Those metal things are from god,
2: Hoffert's god, god. garage. 20, Twenty Christmas trees going up at once. Oh my god! Yeah, let's do it. Bring them. I'm
0: going I'm yeah. the to your house. So, no way, man! Like that is the messiest stuff. Like Christmas trees are the messiest. Just full of tar. They're just terrible when they burn. If it's a bonfire, who gives a yeah. shit? You're not going through a. Right. Uh, you don't you know, care, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't care.
2: It'll awesome. go up. It'll burn off in two seconds, and then you'll have all these crispy fried trees that won't burn.
1: <laughs> so, so, John, so we got to do your, uh, your, your Moto Stories uh, tips, but we, have, we got a new one today. I forwarded it to you, but I just want to read the first sentence because we don't realize how much our listeners get us. So this guy, his name is Chase Lewis, and he says, howdy, long-time listener, first-time emailer. My favorite drinking podcast that occasionally mentions motorcycles: Three Stars Squirrel.
2: <laughs> so I actually I did read that one, and he was uh, asking questions about doing a twelve volt conversion. I believe it was on a CB one twenty five, so yeah, six volt bike. But he wants to run LEDs, L- and L- I don't L- really L- want L- to get L- into L- it. But it was an SL one twenty five. Yeah. Okay. But if he's listening to the podcast, he should all but know what I, I would predict. I mean, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. What am I going to tell somebody who asks me, tells me they want to do a 12-volt conversion on their 6-volt Honda? Anybody care to guess? Yeah.
0: I'd like to chime in with a, a, a giant no. <laughs> 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 but
2: but I, that wouldn't preclude him from running the LEDs because, as you know, most, like Nick has taught us that most LEDs, a 12-volt LED will still run on 6 volts. <laughs> COVID. Anyway, but also, too, a lot of 6-volt systems are putting out about 9 volts. So you might best be able to find the right LEDs that go into your outlets. You'll save yourself a heck of a lot of time because when you go for your... T- 12-volt conversion, there's a lot more than just your turn signals and your headlights. You've got your horn. You've got all the little dash lights and your gauges, your coil. There's a lot that would have to be changed over to make it 12-volt. Now, I did do a little bit of internet research for him because I haven't actually done a 12-volt. I never would. But uh, I had some thoughts on it. Like I know on that bike probably it has one coil that runs the ignition and one coil that runs the lights. If you're crafty, you might be able to find a way to run them in series and go from six volt to 12 volt and have them both run all the time but also people have said that you don't even need to do anything with your statter that that statter will actually almost put out 12 volts just by you know so it's almost like a not necessary to do i would try just swapping out led bulbs and see how that works and if that's really not exciting enough for you or not bright enough for you then i don't know i what you can do as far as swapping a 12 volt stator off of another bike some people had suggested maybe a cb 175 twin but i doubt it i doubt it yeah i totally agree i think that I i think that's out of the question uh but not to dash your hopes i definitely think you should try to go with leds But also a good battery. I mean, heck, if you use the emergency light batteries in those bikes, that battery alone will, with no charging system, if it's charged up good enough, you could ride for several hours with, you know, that they'll keep a nice charge and it holds a long time. So, Um,
1: another question. That's what
2: I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, well, you can get into more in depth on it when we do your episodes. But um, another question I had for Phil was. we used to talk about, or not us, but you used to talk about going to uh, motorcycle uh, auctions. What's going on now with COVID? Have you heard, like, what is the auction seem like? And like, yeah. you're obviously not going to them, but is there, are they still going on and what's going on with them?
0: Right. That's a good, that's a really good question. So what's happened, it, it hit everybody. There was no preparations for this because the entire way auctions work is it's in person. Okay, and eBay has proven for a very long time that you don't need to be in person to have an auction. But motorcycle dealers, car dealers, boat dealers, they're all very much trained. They're all very much used to the idea of being in person. You get to exert your influence over the caller, over the auctioneer. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you can work better. You can your techniques work better. You know, the people in the room, you can pick up nonverbal cues. And so guys who love buying motorcycles at auction, that's me. Uh, Guys who love doing that really do not get the same experience when you're doing it online. And so what all these companies did was they just did a hard stop because they just didn't want to have. Now, most of these auction houses are fucking gigantic. You could easily have six feet of social distancing between the 100 guys that are there for the auction. But remember, for the past 10 years, at least, we're there bidding in person. There may be 150 bidding at home. They're bidding at their shop. They're looking at the bike and they're clicking there, they're mashing that up bid button, right? And they're mashing that up bid button. But the guy who's physically there, the guy who's there, the auctioneers always kind of leaned into the guys who are there in person because they made the commitment to be there. You know they checked the bike out. They got to walk around the bike, maybe start it up, check it out. So the deal's probably gonna go better with a guy who happens to be there in the building. Than the guy who's bidding on it from 700 feet or 700 miles away and he's gonna to have to arrange for shipping and everything else this guy's here with his trailer today so even though there was no thing that said oh well the guy who's there in person absolutely gets a priority i can tell you from being at a lot of these auctions i've had the hammer drop for me when i said i'd give you 3500 for that bike. And I knew that bids were still kind of coming in online that would have blown me out of the water and I probably wouldn't have overbid them. But I also know that there's the advantage of the fact that they know how much money they gotta get, they know they got their money and they know I'm here and I'm gonna take the bike away.
2: So how does that work? a proxy bidder they have a guy who is bidding for the highest bid online so he has right. to look at that and see what comes in well he can only be sitting there looking at it you know and they they're they're playing a the game of sliding it in right before you know going once, going twice right. well they may have a bid that comes in after it went. you know too bad you're well, there. So the difference, I
0: mean, right so the difference between eBay proxy bidding which we're all very familiar with and bidding live And even live, I'm saying live on your computer in an actual real auction. So they're not going to give, in eBay, they're going to give this vehicle a week, right? But in a real auction, they're going to give this vehicle 65 seconds, 35 seconds, right? They've got 1,200 other bikes or 5,000 other cars. They've got hundreds of pieces of property to move and it's chaos, okay? So they know they're going to, they know their magic number. That that guy who's the auctioneer, he knows how much they paid for this. They know the bike's probably there on consignment anyway. They know how much money they want to get out of it. So they're not going to let the game go on too long and fuck themselves for the whole day. So when they get to that number...
2: The bidding would have to go slow
0: before they really started looking at the online bids. So what happens is the online bidder, of course, the online bidder, John's at home bidding on his computer, looking at this motorcycle, and he just now the thing might say it might literally say the cb 750 900 dollars right that's the guy calling it now john from home cannot put in a proxy bid of 1400 okay he yeah. can't do that he has to listen to the caller and it's audio real time it's fast and it, the feed is really quick if you've got anything resembling a decent internet connection you can play along so you're listening to the caller you can't throw in this massive bid right and then just wait for it to catch up to you so what you're going to do is you're just going to smash your bid button you got a big green button and you're going to smash that just like the guy who's in the audience is going to raise his card okay and then you're waiting for the caller to get up to your price now here's the thing though he might run past your price in one eighth of one second Hmm. in which case whatever you got your card up at and when they call you You've got a number now, whether you're in the auction or whether you're at home on the auction, you've got a a bidder number that is the number of the registered participant of the auction you're in at that moment. So whether you're at home or whether you're in person, you're flashing your card or you're pressing that bid button, they say and there's a, a ticker, there's a screen that's right there that all the people that are live in the auction can see that screen. And as he's calling out the numbers. The bids are going on, and there's people just smashing numbers into the computer every time John at home s- hits the bid button, and it will say J Mac twenty eight hundred dollars. So now here in the in the real audience and the live audience, we're like, oh shit, online bidder, right? And they the caller might the even way, say, the
2: way bidding works, if you bid if you bid over the bid if the bidding's at fourteen hundred, right. you put in two thousand, right? You're paying two thousand. Well, like, and it here, goes immediately up to two thousand. And here, you're you not. don't get to get it
0: for fourteen. <laughs> right. And so here, the way it's going to go oh. is because you're moving at the speed of the the auctioneer, and the auctioneer is moving very fucking fast. And if you watch Letterkenny and you think that Dick Skin knows how to chatter, he's got <laughs> nothing on a real auction. He's slow. He's an actor, right?
1: I I like when they had all three of them, though, judging the contest.
0: And they were all slow and none of them were real auctioneers. (laughs) When you're at a real motorcycle auction, they can go from $1,200 to $4,600 in about one breath, right? And it happens just that fast. And yeah, there's a lot of times when they'll throw a bike out and you'll look at that bike and you'll go, ooh, 2600 That's a good deal. But everyone's got their arms crossed. And they'll go 26, they'll go 20, they'll go 14, they'll go 10. And they'll go down to 10. Somebody will throw a hand up for 10. And then in three seconds, it'll be back well past 2,600. And it'll be to 4,200. It just had to have some sex to get there. It just wasn't going to get there on the straightaway. Nobody was going to start the bidding at 2,600. They had to start the bidding at a 1,000. And then they got back up and they went right past it. So... so about these auctions right now, how is it happening at the moment? So the first thing they did was they killed the in-person. They just wiped out the in-person. And the very first time they did one of these auctions in per- with no in-person at all, it was very hard to get people to play along. Now, a lot of us have done the at home bidding, you know, proxies. Um, it's not anyway, we're bidding from home. We have the same green button. We're not putting a maximum number in there. We're literally just mashing the button as the caller gets, you know, as the auctioneer gets to our number. Now here's the trick. When COVID started, we didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen. There were already 4,000, I'm just gonna use the number 4,000. There were already 4,000 bikes in certain auction companies inventory, okay? So they had 4,000 bikes, they had to get through through them the, the same way they used to. Yes. It was totally normal for these auction houses to get rid of 2,000, 3,000 bikes in a single day's auction. Okay. But how many now there's no humans hour? there. What's that?
1: How many bikes is that an hour? Like 300? Well, there's a secret to it.
0: So it's a, it's a little different than you think it is. When you go into this building, it's like an aircraft hangar and there's rows upon rows, upon rows, upon rows of bikes. Mm. And, In seven of these rows, those are all Harley Davidsons. And there will be a golf cart type device, a golf cart that's got a tower on top of it. It's about 10 feet tall. It'll have that big video monitor on there, that big screen on it. And it'll have the auctioneer at the top of the tower. And he's got two spotters. And they're looking for you raising your little paddle or raising your sign up or giving out howdy. And then they go, yeah, 278, just bid 1,200 bucks. And they're each watching that. So they're kind of checking each other and then they get the alert on the screen when somebody out in the internet land bids on it. So that one golf cart, that one mega fucking golf cart is on the aisle for Harley Davidson's Mm. and that golf cart's never going to leave the Harley Davidson aisle. It's going to be moving up. And I'd say when I tell you that thing barely stops moving, it barely stops moving. You got to move with it. A hundred guys are moving with it. Now you got there four hours ahead of time, you know, Based on your sheet, you know which 20 bikes you want to see. So you're going to go scope those bikes out and you're going to figure it out. You're going to be like, okay, this Harley I want to see is bike number this. Okay, it's going to take him about an hour and a half or two hours to get to that one. This jet, this uh, sport bike I want to see is over in this other aisle with its own golf cart, right? And it's going to be pretty early in the game. And then the next aisle over is going to be all of your um, standards and Euro tours and all that kind of crap. So there's a sport bike aisle. There's a not sport bike, but not American aisle. And then there's an American aisle, a V-twin aisle. So there's usually three aisles. And then one of those aisles, whichever is the shortest, will eventually become the side by sides, quads, jet skis, and snowmobiles. Okay. And so the idea is they're all four happening at the same time. If you want to be smart, you take three of your people with you and each one of you watches an aisle, Mm -hmm. okay? And you might have five bikes in each aisle that you're interested in. Now, I go down there, it's usually just me alone, but I also am really not interested in the Harley-Davidson's because historically speaking, the Harley-Davidson's sell for more money than I'm willing to pay. Mm -hmm. But the Harley-Davidson listing will go on forever because there might be 800 or 900 Harleys. Mm -hmm. There might be a 100 metric cruisers, There might be 200 sport bikes, right? So now you got to be careful because now you got to run over and be like, that's that, you know, F6B Honda I was interested in. And it's going up and it's going to be going up in like three bikes. So I better be right there close. I got to work my way in so they can see me. But then I look over and I go, oh, crap, there's that BMW I wanted and it's coming up. I got to make a decision so sometimes what i would do is i tell renee or somebody back at the shop okay your job is to bid on that bmw and you're going to bid remotely on that bmw don't go higher than 2800 oh, and i'm going to be good. over here working oh, yeah. on this honda
1: yeah you're maximizing your fucking hit by having another yeah right. that's a good fucking idea yep. man. so
0: that's what we try to do and this way if i go down there to look at if i go down there to look at 30 bikes if i can manage to buy 12 of them then i've had a great day yeah right and so that's the way the auctions work. So the first time out back to the story, the first time out, we got three thousand, four thousand bikes. We have no human beings there and everybody's gun shy. They don't know what COVID's going to do the market. They have no fucking idea. So that auction was a ghost town and I went on it and they couldn't get people playing and on the side of the screen, it'll tell you all the people. It'll give you the numbers of all the people that are registered for the auction. And you might know some of these guys because you recognize their handle, right? Mm-hmm. But where there would normally be 100 people in person and 200 people online, now we're seeing zero people in person and 20 people online. Oh. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to steal the bikes because the seller has determined what the bottom price is going to be anyway. You're probably going to get some great deals, but people were scared they weren't buying bikes. Now we move the scale forward and we go up the calendar just a little bit. And now it's pretty obvious. Motorcycles are going to sell. People aren't going on vacation. They're buying motorcycles. Manufacturers are on COVID lockdown. They're not building motorcycles. So what happened is we went from 3,000, 4,000 bikes at an auction to fucking 500 bikes at an auction. And we were still playing it from home. We were still still doing the home game version. Then eventually... They need to do that. They make money. These auction houses make money by having shit tons of bike there because they get a seller's fee and a buyer's fee on every bike they sell. So they want the price to go as high as it can and they want as many bikes as they can. And they're calling me every week saying, Phil, do you have any inventory, any used inventory that you want us to come and pick up from your shop and we can put it in the auction and then, you know, you may not get full retail you may not get what you think you're going to get for it but it's a great way to get 30 bikes out of your shop and sell them all in one weekend because to a lot of shops being able to sell 30 bikes that you haven't been able to sell in one weekend that's a pretty fucking good thing you know Mm -hmm. that's a lot of income coming in real fast you may not get the maximum money for it but you're gonna get the money real fast so now it's turned back into so now people are getting back into the scene in person because we all know COVID let up so that's COVID led up
2: is cutting loose a major. Say that again, John. You get cut off. That's almost as good as cutting loose a major
0: brand that you happen to be selling. Yeah, it is. It really is, and that's how we used it. I mean, we've done that before. We've we've sold out an entire line of bikes using the auction to do it. Right. And manufacturers will also do that. When they're going to go in and a guy like me is going to stop carrying a brand, the manufacturer is going to grab all those bikes. They're not going to send them out to other dealers. They want to capitalize that money real quick. They might even owe the bank money on those. So then they'll take them to the auction and dump them fast. So that you know, like by Wednesday, they're all gone. Here's where we're at right now, though. The auctions have got human beings showing back up to bid. It could be an expense driving all the way down there. You may have to stay in a hotel room. The problem is you don't have a $3,000 or 3,000 bike list anymore. These auction houses are bragging about having 300 bikes. They're bragging about having 500 bikes. Mm-hmm. And the problem is I look at the sheets and these, these bikes have been through the auction five and six times. Why aren't they being bought? You know, what's wrong with them? Uh, you got to wonder. I mean, they're, 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 motorcycle dealers can be a little sloppy with their money, but they're generally pretty much, they're careful. And if there's a motorcycle that's been at the auction more than twice, you got to wonder what the fuck's wrong with it. Because every time it gets listed at the auction, less money goes to both the auction house and also to the guy that, you know, it's there for essentially on consignment. So it's fucking, it's vicious and it is vicious.
1: So when you get these bikes, so like my coworker um, was trying to buy a new car. And so she, she bought her lease out for like whatever price. And then sold it to the new place for seven thousand dollars more than she bought her lease out for because that's how bad they want used cars yeah so are you finding that like when you do get bikes in the shop they're just blowing out like obviously you said you had a good number this year it's so like but i mean like are you is the price of bikes still up for used bikes right now even what's it going is. on
0: the prices for all used bikes are way higher than they should be And going into the beginning of this year, I had 10 or 12 used bikes that I was like, fuck, man, I'm never going to be able to sell these things. Nobody wants to buy a 10-year-old Ducati Multistrada for $10,000, right? Guess what? This year they did. Hmm. So, you know, they usually say like every year the price of the bike goes down. The bike, you know, the bike just, it gets older. It's just, it can't command the same price. Well, this year everything went up and it went up 30%, 40%. Wow. So that people with a... $1,200 Twelve hundred dollar Honda Rebel from nineteen, you know, ninety three, could easily get twenty four hundred bucks out of it, because there's just people that are like, I went to the dealership and there's nothing at the dealership.
2: market about. <laughs> Offer was talking about getting rid of his Tacoma to Carvana. They offered him $29,000 for it, but you could look and the retail on a similar brand new Tacoma is like $26,000. They're offering him more than retail on his 2019. Yep. But you can't now, I don't get- know if they're doing
0: that because I don't know if you, you can't get the 2000, you can't get a 2022. No, you can't. So, and I've done that. So for love or money, I mean, I've been trying to buy a truck and buying to trying to buy a van. And it is straight up impossible. Like you could just say, I'm willing to pay 5000 over invoice. I'm willing to pay 5000 over MSRP. And they're just like, yeah, we just don't have any to give you. You know, there's just nothing available.
1: Ford has cracked down. Um, this is pretty cool on Ford's part. They started cracking down on dealerships trying to charge like 30 grand over list for the Broncos and stuff. They finally were like, fuck you guys, you're not allowed to do this or you're not going to carry Ford anymore.
2: Well, so, so they're pissed off because they want, if anybody's going to get that $30,000 over list, the factory wants it.
1: Right.
0: Well, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I have a little bit of insight into that. So recently I've been trying to buy a Ford Transit and I was I just had gotten to the point where I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, what do I got to do? And so I call all these dealerships and all these dealerships say the same thing quit calling us. Go online, go to Ford.com and do the vehicle locator service. You know, it'll tell you exactly where every Ford Transit is in North America and do the vehicle locator. It'll tell you the model, the length, the height, everything you need to know right down to the VIN. And then you'll know, Okay, that vehicle I want is in Oklahoma or that one I want is in Oregon. And then when you do that, you can actually click on it and see the fucking window sticker. Right. So you can click on it and you see the actual sticker. And so you now are armed with the physical sticker for the vehicle. And then I contact the dealer and I've printed out the fucking sticker. That's the most money Ford wants to sell that vehicle for. And Ford on their stickers does have prep. Ford does have you know, a freight and Ford does have um, like a dock fee. So Ford has already put those items on. The dealers now have the balls to send you back another invoice. That shows a picture of your sticker, then also says um, "special availability program," yeah. and it'll say five thousand dollars, or dealer access program seven thousand dollars, and so it'll be a line item for five or six or seven thousand dollars that is, and, and you're paying tax on it. Yeah, it's awful. So best thing I, I can wonder tell if you is, could
2: send that back, send that back to Ford and say, look at this dealership is trying to fuck.
0: Me. Oh, no, they're fully, they're fully aware of it because they're the one telling me to go to that dealer to try to buy it. So, right. and they even said, the people at Ford said, well, but what you can do is you can just place your order. And I said, sure, I, I'll, absolutely, I'll place my order. And they're like, yeah. And I, I was like, well, that was pretty easy. I don't understand why it was so painful. And they're like, well, yeah, because you're 7,700 cars in front of you right now that's why the dealer can charge $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 over the regular, blue, or the regular uh, window sticker. That's so nice. that's why they can do it because they have the car now and the, the system is that I would be able to order it and I probably would be able to pay the price that's on the sticker, but I have to wait. Hmm. So, yep, that's that's what it is.
2: I just bought a Ford and I can pick it up anytime I want. No, so, I've been... I've been looking into
1: and, and doing research on lawnmowers. And so I'm looking at a 54 to 60 inch lawnmower. Holy fuck, man. I, it's, it's worse than a car loan. Some of these things are like 7,000 bucks, man. Like cheap ones with blown motors are two fucking thousand dollars. Nobody hit me to the fact that when you get a, a yard, you have to buy a fucking uh, $10,000 lawnmower to fucking
0: cut the goddamn thing. Or you need about a half a dozen goats. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: Yeah, just get a bunch of push mowers and link them all together. Well oh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I could
1: buy a four wheeler and just fucking
2: create some kind of a
1: fucking mowing deck and just pull the fucking thing behind it.
2: Well, you can buy a fifty inch mowing deck for about a hundred bucks, and then put a twenty horsepower motor on it and wheels and tow it behind your quad runner. Yep. Uh, uh, that's true. A lot of people do so. They make them, or you can build one. Yeah. Yeah. But like the grasshopper, the grasshopper that we use at work, uh, the original invoice on that was fifteen thousand dollars for a three-cylinder diesel Kubota-powered. The most magic—it's uh, like riding a hover round. I mean, like it's cool, <laughs> but it was a lot of money. But it's super heavy duty, and it's what you need if you're going to mow seven acres. Can you can you leave that outside with the keys in it? Just
1: asking for a friend. Who are you Just <laughs>
2: I won't leave it outside. I'll just tell you how to get it.
1: Okay, perfect. <laughs> oh shit!
0: Yeah, I think you need to plant. I think the goal is you need to plant five acres.
1: Well, that's it. I'm gonna rewild. That's what they call yep. it. Rewilding. Yep. That's important. Yep. Yeah.
0: Rewilding. Yeah, it's
2: for <laughs> plants. Plants of fruit trees, apple trees, cherry trees, like. I got. I I have, I have two I mean you just need a, bath or a house. I have two
1: heritage apple trees, one green and one red that are fucking like been there for like 30 years and like when we looked at the house each tree had like 46,000 apples on it. So next year <laughs> apples are on me, dude, all day apple sauce.
4: Yeah. <laughs> apple need to make some hard cider.
1: Yep. And I also I took a lot of my shake and stuff. I'm going to put it out in the back and try to grow like 400 weed plants. So that'll be nice too
2: a mm-hmm. christmas tree farm They were 100 bucks a piece this year
0: oh shit that's a good idea man that's a great idea and you don't have to mow at all when you do no. five acres worth of christmas trees there's yeah. zero mowing yeah and
1: think of the scent that would be such a pleasant yeah. scent flowing through the yard
0: yeah i Dude, think you know, that's a, great a christmas idea. tree takes about five years right all right yeah but that's five years you don't have to mow
1: that's yes, right
0: <laughs> you should trim them once a year yeah i think that's i think that's five whole years you don't need to mow because yeah. you just be like no those are christmas trees growing over there we gotta yeah. let that let that go we need the yeah. bees to hang out with the trees man that's all right important. i love that idea oh that's fantastic yeah 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 i would plant anything in the world to not have to mow anything right? well
1: i was just thinking it'd be fun though like some of these mowers are fast and interesting yeah. Get up at like seven a.m. on a Saturday, smoke a joint, and go fucking cut grass for like three hours. it would be kind of fun, man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's a, It's like that. It's like you get into it for sure. I mean, like you're you turn into a machine when when you're on the fucking zero turn, and you're just like you're into it, full as fast as you could go, just trying to mow everything and. <laughs> Coming up with you, you know, the right pattern. You're, you're gonna do. You're gonna make plaid. So you want all your lines nice and straight and perfect. And when you look at it, it's just like nice, like a golf course. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Gonna go make lab. You're going to look at Steve's from, like, the overhead Google Earth image. It's going to say, like, <laughs> weed here.
1: Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, man. You didn't set it up for remote control, and you can just sit in your lawn chair. And-
0: That's true, yeah. too. Damn, yeah. I didn't think about that. All you got to do is take apart a Roomba and hook it to your vacuum or to your lawnmower. F- FPV lawnmower right yes, oh dude
4: yeah, Both yeah of them are like,
2: most of them are like riding a Roomba, man it's just like yeah. you can turn i mean frontwards backwards <laughs> spin around whatever you want it's a zero turn <laughs> dude, yeah i mean the that's FP- the whole that's, that's yeah, the whole idea in it, though this fpv thing that's gonna happen i'm gonna be in the
1: fucking <laughs> i'm gonna have a cockpit with fucking oculus rift just sitting in the fucking room driving the fucking or you
0: could be out in the yard actually sitting on the device itself Come on.
1: <laughs> that doesn't sound as fun, though, man. <laughs> I think...
4: It depends I, on how hot it is. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: I think that well, you, invest- you
4: actually have, like You
2: could have VR things where it's actually like you run over things that aren't real. You know, like have like dinosaurs and stuff that you have okay, to exactly run yeah. over. To
0: get, I just point. think the, the better idea would be to let Steve mow, and then to motivate him, we can go over with paintball guns. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. And then that becomes an adventure. I think that becomes all the fun in the world to help Steve mow his lawn with, you know, fourteen dollars worth of paintballs. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So we're riding the SSRs, shooting paintballs at Steve. I like it. Yes. I I think that's a
0: great idea. And then
2: I'll set up a breakfast handle kind of guy, but whatever. (laughs) So what we'll do is we'll do this
1: early. I'll set up a breakfast at the end and then we'll go for an actual ride on bikes afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be fun. That
0: does that. sound great. So when's the, uh, when's the housewarming party?
1: Um, depends on what you guys want to do for that <laughs> I was
0: going to say, as soon as we get over there and get that fucking shed picked up.
1: Yeah, well, that's okay. So it is house, paint booth. tomorrow and Sunday, we're cleaning. Like, we're literally cleaning. There's nothing left except for right. the fucking paint shed. So at some point, then like the realtor said she can put the house up, telling people, like, that fucking monstrosity is going to leave. Right. So in the yeah. next week, I definitely have to get a fucking truck over and get right. this fucking thing out of here.
0: And mm-hmm. I'm willing
1: to blow people or use hands or whatever to help this fucking along. Just I'm just well, saying.
0: I, I, If I'm not mistaken, the trailer that I'm thinking about that we might borrow from Hoffert is at the, the property. It's at the camp, right? I don't know. I use that
2: on that, he has one that has sides. You'd be better off with some kind of flatbed than that. Yeah. I don't know. He had I mean the people who own the place repoed at least one of those
0: trail or so the trailer you're thinking about might not be there. Okay. All right. All right. What's the dimensions? What's the base dimensions on this thing, Steve? Seven
1: by seven, and at the peak it's nine feet tall. So I'm gonna lay it down so if a trailer is seven by like ten, it would be fine. Yeah.
0: Well, it's that's going to be the challenge. So you know, it's most well, of the trailer's does tra- have
1: yeah. to be seven wide because we can lay. I'll right. go buy two by fours or something to lay across right. it just to yeah. hold the sides or whatever. Yeah, my buddy, my uh, Mike, you know, uh, accident Mike. He yeah. has the big semi straps. He said I can right. borrow four or five of those. So yeah, I've that. got.
0: I've got thousands of feet of straps, so <laughs> that's not a problem. Cool. The, uh, we we have we have no problem with straps. But if we did have it, you know, if a trailer was five feet wide, we would have to put two by fours or four by eights, you know, right. across it. Yeah. Make it
2: perfect. They would be like a nice flat. Would be like a nice flatbed like snowmobile trailer where it's yeah. just flat. The wheel with small wheel, like you know, you
0: can just set it on there. Yeah, yeah. and then, like you guys also said, using a car hauler. But the uh, the space between the wheels of the car hauler, um, 74 inches, usually, usually, yeah, yeah, usually, uh, usually a little bit less than seven feet. Right. So like I said, we can uh, put some two by fours or something across. Yep. It and, uh, That's cool. Well, we can figure it out. That's yeah. nice. Right, yeah, nice. Right. Yeah, worst case scenario is we rent a car hauler. It's 150 bucks or something. It's no big deal. Cool. But realistically, using Hoffert's trailer, which I think is a five by eight, if I'm not mistaken, or a five by seven, uh we could throw boards across it it's a single axle and that sh- how heavy could that shed possibly be isn't it plastic or something
2: uh, if you're talking about the one that we used though you that we used for the front loader
0: i think it's gone okay but one right. that he
2: still has left might be okay because it has like metal sides but those might come off but i don't right. the, the wheels might still stick you know like i don't know how that works right I okay. have the motorcycle trailer that you gave me. Yeah, but that's it's too small. To well, I mean, head. I have
1: a five by seven, but it's just—it, I don't think it'd be too big. I mean, I mm-hmm. think the, the building would be too big. I'm not opposed to running. It's
2: not on top of the rails. Yours is like a, a utility trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it won't sit. It'll just sit on top of the two rails. <laughs> but I it mean, but like it has the gate on the back, so like I
1: think it would be like the nose. The, that was, be what's that? Maybe guess, we could take yeah, that off. <laughs> it probably could be. But I mean, otherwise than that, I think like the peak of the roof would be right whatever's towing it. It would be about the same distance. So it might work because if the peak's like this, it would at least give you about 35 degrees of turning before you hit the fucking
0: roof. <laughs> is it made out of wood or is it made out of plastic?
1: It's plastic. It's 335 pounds of plastic. No problem. But I glued right. it together because I didn't want it to fall apart. So that's why I can't take it apart. So
0: it's no longer knockdown. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Gotcha. But I will paint. Whoever helps,
1: I will paint something for you. We're going to prove that.
0: We're going to prove that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, just just let me know. I'll be there. Yeah. Right. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can absolutely get the van because I was going to say, if if there's a trailer out at the property, I'll go out to the property. I'll get my bike. I'll get the trailer. We'll go pick up your you know, well, if somebody
1: your- has a van, if you have a van, I'm happy to rent a trailer. I'll rent, yeah. like, if it's easier, I'll just rent some kind of a flatbed trailer.
0: Does U-Haul have flatbed kind of fucking trailers? The car hauler is kind of what you're looking at. Because yeah. all their other trailers have sides on them. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll look into that and see if I can get yeah. one in the next few days. You could talk to Hopper, but, then, uh, you know, I, unless I'm mistaken, I know that at least one, that one trailer went away. They came back and said, oh, that's
0: our trailer and took it. Right. Well, I think still, I know which one we're talking about. So, is he still yeah. letting the
2: people
1: in this house a year and a half later because they're still looking for like a lost screwdriver or something or whatever? <laughs> uh, that,
2: well, yeah, there was the guy wanted to take out the furnace and the hot water tank. I'm like, Holy
0: I got to get those studs out of the ceiling too. I got to go stairs. Those stairs. I put those stairs in. <laughs>
2: Well, the guy, you know, Mr. McCracken, you know, he just keeps coming back there every time he needs some money for to try to root through and get something, you know, like.
1: You're like, the sure? next time you come, you have to take the albino spiders, too. Otherwise, you're not yeah. getting
2: anything. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Last we checked, the, he hadn't taken those out. But that Steve was probably like, well, turn the house down anyway if you want to take it. And I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs>
0: stop. Yeah, yeah, he should have taken that barn, too. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, so I think that'd be fun. If we can get that thing knocked out. That'd be cool. That'd be a lot yeah, of fun. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. So,
1: Hey, we talked about this before the podcast, but so you went to like the Tiki King place of the world yesterday, huh? Yeah.
0: So, uh, just to, just to give you guys a real bait, a real brief Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's kind of a cool place. Uh, if you haven't been there, Grand Rapids, uh, it ain't Detroit. Okay. Uh, Grand Rapids is very nice. Okay. So Grand Rap- Grand Rapids is a very nice city. And uh, probably two hundred thousand people there, and right in their downtown center, uh, this guy who runs a chain of uh, breweries or you know bars called Hopcat, like you know hop like hop beer hops, and then cat C A T. And uh, have you ever been to one of those, Kromke? Yeah, I've been to that one. That one in Grand Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> the the national humbrewers
4: conference was there like uh eight or ten years ago
0: okay all right so that's an old building that's like an 1890s style general store type building that they've converted into a bar and they've got fucking you know 50 tap handles there and it's pretty cool and but across the street from it he has made a tiki bar called max's uh max's south seas hideaway and I've, you know, you guys, I have gone to a shit ton of tiki bars and this tiki bar probably rates in the top one. Okay. Uh, it's fucking serious uh, because inside, I think if you have one, uh, one bar called Hopcat, you could probably live the rest of your life and never have to work again because beer's not real expensive and the profit margin's good. Yep. Imagine if you had 18 of those. Mm scattered all over the Midwest. And I have been to several of those Hopcats totally accidentally because a bar that he opened five or six years ago called Tiki Cat was in the basement of Hopcat in Kansas City. And years ago, when Renee and I were coming back through Kansas City, we were like, it was rated like the number one Tiki bar in America, this Tiki Cat, but it was in the basement and it only sat about 20 people. So you had to sign up and get a ticket, like basically get a a two hour time window that they let you in there. So you went downstairs of HopCat and it's just fancy. Like if you guys know what Melt is like, if you're familiar with how Melt has so many different melts, there's melts every fucking where, and they all kind of have the same vibe inside of them. Well, HopCat's exactly the same thing. So they're it's kind of like a bar in a box program, you know, and... You go downstairs of the Hopcat in Kansas city and there's this door and some artwork down there. And then the light changes green and they open the door and they let you in. And then you go in there and it's this really intimate dark space with just shit, tons of cool tiki stuff. Well, this guy bought America's largest tiki collector. Um, he permanently went out of business toes first. Okay. And this guy left behind a massive collection of tiki shit. Stuff 60, 70 years old, stuff from the East Coast, stuff from the West Coast, stuff from Polynesia. And it was all there out in California. And they were going to do this giant auction. And this guy stepped up and just said, I'm just going to buy it all. Hmm. We don't need to have an auction. You name your price, I'm just going to buy it all. And the guy bought it all and having that massive collection, that massive pile of awesome Completely nerdy. All the tiki people worship it. It's all has the best provenance. He built the tiki cat, the little tiny bar, his first tiki bar. And he had all the other stuff in a warehouse getting ready to build the monster. And the monster is Max's. So the first floor of Max's is like eight different tiki bars I've been to. And you go into like this one booth and you're like, I know that bar. Well, because he's got all the design and the decor and everything that was actually in that bar when that bar was in business 20 years ago and he's got all that there and then you go over to this other area and you look at this whole thing and you're like oh my god that's like all the cool shag prints like all the cool mod ultra cool shit. and then you go over here and there's a whole other bar that's just atomic age stuff right the atomic lounge and it's got all the Witco stuff and it's super beautiful well that's on the first floor and then there's a second floor the first floor is designed by one Tiki designer. Uh, multi, it's got to be a multi-million dollar project. The upstairs is designed by a totally different Tiki designer with a totally different style. So the downstairs bar and the upstairs bar are not remotely the same bar, yet there's still that Polynesian adventure Tiki feel. It's fucking great. So the food was out of control. The food was way better than it should have been. The drinks were awesome. It was a great time. And uh, it opened at four o'clock and we got there at about one o'clock because we were buying uh, some of his stuff. Mm -hmm. He's not going out of business. Just when he got done building Max's South Seas, he's got tons of extra stuff. Like he's got a warehouse full of stuff that he just didn't need. And when you get to Max's, Max's is like a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. You have to move a one of a kind Tiki mug to see the other one of a kind Tiki mug behind it. Right so it's very rich there's no part of that place that looks like it wasn't decorated yet Mm. in fact i'd hate to have to dust right (laughs) so it's impossible so we went there because stefan had bird dogged some items that he wanted now these items weren't like tiki mug these items are nine fucking feet tall wow these items straight up legitimately weigh 600 pounds a piece so me and stefan and my van and john bernard we emptied everything out and we hauled ass out there and a Ford Econoline 350 can carry a lot of weight. I mean, it's a solid, you know, it's no problem to put 3000 pounds inside of one of those. Mm-hmm. And we were sagging the wagon. I mean, it uh, was hilarious. So is, how Stefan
1: nice or is he doing a remodel of Borco?
0: No, he just wants more stuff.
1: Uh, okay.
0: So Stefan's been on a one man campaign to purchase everything that was ever at the Contiki in Cleveland. Mm. So when the Contiki closed its doors, a lot of its possessions kind of got scattered. Mm. So Stefan's kind of trying to get them all back. Mm, And when you're standing like out the back door of Porco, everything you're looking at, if you touch anything, everything you're touching is from the Contiki in Cleveland, circa 1965 to 1971. Right. Yeah. So that's what's where all that stuff came from. Mm. So, here we are in a place where a lot of the pieces that were gone a lot of the pieces that were lost we're sitting there having a drink and uh you know, some food and i look up the wall and i'm like ah oh, shit that's a piece of the contiki in there right and so they've got they're just built into the architecture they're they're part of the game mm-hmm. so he's not selling that but there are parts he was willing to sell hmm. so stefan went in there and he did a good job you, we all would have been proud of stefan So So, you mentioned mods a second ago. Yeah. Have you, anybody here
1: watched at all? Any of the uh, Boba Fett?
0: Just pull the still up sleepy, like legitimately pull up the still.
1: It's just that. I don't know if you can see it. I mean,
0: we should pull it up to the screen so the podcast listeners can see it. Yeah. Um, Give me a second. Do that. So what I'm going to do is I'll give you a little I had a, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, John.
2: My brilliant idea was this on the pond. If we put a stake in the middle and run a rope out and take a chainsaw and make a big circle, then we can use one of the bikes to sit there and spin this little carousel at the middle. (laughs) Or maybe like while we're racing on it, it'll be spinning while we're going around in circles. Would that be a good
0: idea or bad? I think that's a fine idea. (laughs) So, what Steve, what Sleepy's trying to bring up, I think I'll probably get drunk. I'll I'll probably get sick, seasick and fall down. Uh, What Sleepy's trying to pull up, uh, Star Wars has had this weird fetish about scooters for a long time. And, you know, the Biker Scout thing that started back with, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi and everything, that was cool. And everybody I think I know has got a Biker Scout toy or whatever. And uh, so now is the the Book of Boba Fett. And these are 100% undeniably Vespas. Like, look uh, at that. Are you guys seeing when you see, When you see the pictures, when you see the shots of these things driving down the street and cornering and going past the camera, the back end of these things is 100% stylized to look like the back of a Vespa.
1: Are you guys and, seeing the screenshot or no?
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And, so you're going to notice the blue bike and the green bike have got all these, this extra, what I call an extra spray of mirrors on them. Yeah. All those mirrors came from our friends at Scooter West in San Diego. Uh, and yes, the bikes are all vintage, like Vespa inspired styles and colors. So George Lucas clearly has a hard on for scooters, right? He, he just clearly loves scooters. And the group is being described as these groups that have uh, modified themselves. By taking away some of their human parts and replacing them with robotic parts or cyborg parts to make them better, they're modded. These are modded human beings. And then when we walk up to see these modded human beings and we realize these modded human beings are legitimately wearing the exact type of clothing, the the men are wearing long suit coats that are similar to parkas that mods would wear. And the type of boots, the type of shoes, the haircuts... And, of course, they're youths that are unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, holy shit, they brought in mods. to. Find so they are mods by every definition of the word mod. Yeah. And on top of that, they are riding what only can be described as, in space my mind, Vespas. I see them as being Simpsons Schwalbe scooters. But that's not what they are. They're clearly meant to be Vespas. They're space we- Vespas. What's that? Space Vespas? Yeah. Here's what pisses me off. They, they right? cover in a they hovered about eight inches, mm-hmm. right? And I've seen all the chase scenes in Solo. I've seen all the chase scenes in everything. Fucking Ewok teddy bears going through the woods, right? On speeder bikes where the speed of the speeder bike was clearly 9,000 miles an hour in amongst the redwood trees, right? Right, right. This chase on in this episode was slower Then going through the swap meet at mid Ohio, (laughs) this chase where they're clearly chasing a 63 Cadillac, but now it's a land speeder, right? Like the bad guys driving like a a 61 to 64 caddy land speeder. It's the only time I've ever seen a land speeder going less than 70 miles an hour. Right. Right. And they're in the town, they're in the city and I'm not joking when you're looking at the background and the scenery as they're going past it, the handling of the thing, the bikes kind of look weird. Like maybe the bikes are on trailers because they're totally on trailers. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then they just CGI the trailer away, but the bikes don't corner or lean like a regular bike does at all. They don't bump and hit bumps and stuff. And they, she jumps the thing and you know, all this crap. But I have to say, Fuck you! Like, thank you for having scooters in a in a major show, like in a you know Disney Universe thing outside of Luca. Uh, but the scooters in Luca were faster than the scooters in Boba, right? No. Uh, yeah, I was like, I kept looking at the background and going, "This chase doesn't seem like there's enough at stake." Nope. And then they pulled the Marty McFly Back to the Future, where he slides the speeder sideways into the fruit truck. Mm and the whole thing was just so fucking cheesy i mean like it was it was weak like it was just it was a very weak chase scene and i feel like that's that whole thing of like anytime somebody represents scooters who doesn't really know them or or work with them or whatever they always represent them as being that kind of like a pathetic and it started way back with you know
1: well, that's the thing that sucks. Is like last year we had Luca, which was like right. Vespa's the greatest thing in the world, and then Star Wars is like meh. Like yeah. it was, it, yeah. It was like come on, guys.
0: Yeah, and it was. I mean, I can't remember the American Graffiti. So like in American Graffiti, the, like Ron Howard's character in American Graffiti is riding a Vespa GS, but he's not, he's a kid. He's a, he's an idiot kid. He crashes it. He has no control of himself. It's they, you know they make fun of him. It's a mockery, and. I'm looking at these things. These are space scooters. And I'm like, a Buddy 125 goes faster than these space scooters. (laughs) My friends have all been drunk in a backyard that is smaller than any one of those sets going faster than they're going in this film. And it is, it's kind of, it it hits me as a little bit of a yawn fest because I'm like, ah, they undersold it. They just undersold this, you know, this gang of, uh, misspent youths that he's now employed. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like, oh, they're like the softest henchmen ever. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's such a sad thing. It is. So yeah, we spoil the shit out of it. But I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, well, just watch well,
1: it. They could have done a good job and they didn't. But yeah. It's still amazing to see. I was like, it's wow. It's amazing so- to see it.
0: And the artistic representation of like, this might be what a scooter would be in their universe. Right. 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 You right. Know, right. In that universe. That might be a scooter, but you know, and I like how all the bad guys are all riding choppers. (laughs) Yeah, it's truly the modern interpretation of the old comic show, "A Wheelie in the Chopper Bunch," Mm -hmm. where it's like the speeders that the bad guys are riding are all might as well just say "Sons of Anarchy Extras Department" on them. It's Mm -hmm. so clear, and their front ends are raked out, and they've got sissy bars in the back and everything else, and they've got king queen seats on them. It's hilarious. But the scooters actually have the cat eye mirrors on them. Like some of the scooters have actual little, you know, modern sport bike. You can just see that they robbed the parts unlimited catalog to build these things. Right. So, But yeah, the the paint schemes on them are a little hint of Vietnam, I think. A little hint of- uh... Bodges. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I kind of like seeing them, my gut instinct was like, oh shit, be careful, man. Those are all bodges. Like, I know those aren't proper Italian scooters. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a 1968 a 2068 combination yes. going on
0: oh yeah so that's a 1968 sprint there uh, clearly yeah right <laughs> i can tell by the yellow center stand boots on your hover scooter yeah <laughs> but yeah it was pretty pretty funny to see that though but it wasn't I mean, it, it was hilarious i just wish the chase scene would have been a little more energetic
1: yeah right. i agree i agree
0: yeah okay. i didn't really feel like i was in it i didn't really feel any peril for them right. yeah
1: So Smith looks like he has a joke. He's been holding it in.
3: Oh, Jesus. Okay. Prisoner in jail receives a letter from his wife. Dear husband, I've decided to plant some lettuce in the back garden. When is the best time to plant them? The prisoner, knowing the prison guards all read the letters, replies in his letter, dear wife, Whatever you do, do not touch the back garden. That's where I hid all the money. A week or so later, he receives another letter from the wife. Dear husband, you wouldn't believe what happened. Some men came in with shovels to the house and dug up the whole back garden. Prisoner writes back to his wife. Dear wife, now is the best time to plant the lettuce.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That was uncharacteristically clean yeah
1: right <laughs> i thought they I were gonna better. bang the wife I, I, thought
0: the,
1: I thought all the guards were gonna bang the wife and then she was hold like hold on steve
0: before you go into that do you think that this might be the one podcast that we've done in 11 years where we could actually not have to click the button that says profanity and et cetera et cetera et cetera, et oh, et cetera? yeah you know what we might have That's to. Because- porn. I, yeah, I, I, no, the good news is whatever John said didn't come out, which is awesome. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't swear. <laughs> I, I thought maybe he just threw it out. I thought you were just so going to be like.
1: My question uh, is, so like, you know, we always hit like light profanity, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, we don't, you know, we're not no, no, rude, no, we're, rude yeah. or anything. You know, we just swear right. a little bit. So if we don't do that, do we get better uh, advertisers?
0: I have absolutely no idea. So, like, right.
1: if we all learned to not swear, and we were all, like, like cheese and crackers and all the right. other stuff that people say, like, would we get extra, like, two bucks or something or what?
0: I don't think so. Because, I mean, I listen to you a lot could, of podcasts. You
2: could post it as kid-friendly, but that doesn't allow any comments. And so I don't really know what it does. I mean. Right. Yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah. All right. So when a woman buys a vibrator, it's seen as Dude, a bit no. naughty but fun. When a guy orders a 240-volt Buckmaster Pro 5000 blow-up latex dial with six-speed pulsating pussy, elasticized anus with non-drip semen collecting tray, together with an optional built-in realistic orgasm screen 7.1 sound system, he's called a pervert.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right well i guess i have to check the old button va- <laughs> well the done fuck, Smith. well done fuck
3: master pro 5000 <laughs> write that one down
1: well there goes our trip to uh, fucking vegas all together thanks smith
0: there we go that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: i was gonna click the no profanity we're gonna get
0: checks just pouring in and now <laughs> yeah
1: gone. right yeah
0: yeah Yeah, um, so I did want to say, I did want to call attention. We have got some new Patreons. Uh, kind kind of crazy and, and weird. I mean, I know that things have been a little randy, and obviously because of COVID, we can't get together. We're not shooting videos. We're doing the, the whole Zoom thing, which I think we all kind of agree we don't like. Oh, uh, I think
2: it's a real good idea.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm willing to
2: meet up with you all if you'd like. Yeah, that sounds great, John. John's <laughs> like, remember
1: the, the chicken pox parties we used to have in the 70s? We're gonna yes. have the, the COVID Omicron party. Come on over.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't King. think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. So we've got a new patron who's from the UK, um, and that's Darren. Darren Bemrose. He uh, he hit us at apparently the eight pound a month level. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so because obviously that is we-
1: big. Eight pounds is about that big, right? Eight
0: pounds, man. Eight pounds. Eight pounds of anything is a lot. Um, It's just a little over half a stone. So, uh, but yeah. So thanks, that's uh, four
2: thousand eight hundred grams. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of grams. <laughs> so major thanks to uh, Darren Bemrose, your your party pack. You know, once you sign up and you become a Patreon member and you you maintain your membership for six months, at the six month point, Renee sends you. Renee just takes some time alone, and she'll 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 completely stuff her box with gifts for you. And uh, she makes it a, she really takes a lot of pride in how well she stuffs her box and it'll show up. So, you know, you can't can't beat that shit. Um, you're not in the United States. So we may work something out uh, with that. You know, we'll, we'll figure something out for you. But the uh, usually we do have a rule that says that you have to be in the U.S. to get the, par- the party pack promo. Yeah, but but I mean,
1: like, at least a picture of her stuffing the box would be fucking That's
0: true, so he could live by proxy and just, because everybody, you know, who wouldn't want a picture of Renee stuffing her boxes? Uh, So nick childs also now nick is more local uh nick is our new patreon member and he is at that five dollar a month uh level so that's remember folks at the ten dollar a month level you do become part of the uh party line so you do get our secret uh our secret phone number that you can send us text messages and uh you can be part of this shit show and uh if they're interesting, we'll read them. So uh, that's, that's good. That's something that's a, a standard, a standard that you should all aspire to. Recently, uh, one of our patrons sent us a virtual tour of a motorcycle shop that is clearly a motorcycle museum. Hmm. Uh, I know it says it's a motorcycle shop. But if you watch the video, you realize instantly, they have stuff on the wall for sale. It is a motorcycle museum. It is just race bike upon race bike. Now, a lot of the race bikes in there belong to the guy, but he has managed to get a lot of Aldana race bikes. He's got a lot. He's got Hailwood race bikes. Like This guy's shop is a museum and this guy does a beautiful job of walking through the shop interviewing the guy and uh, it's really good it's almost as good as being there and we put that up on our uh cleveland moto podcast facebook page so if you go to facebook cleveland moto podcast we put the link up there so you guys can check that out and every time we have one of our patreons every time somebody sends us some cool link to some cool garbage that's where i'm putting it So if you want to see a guy with a a ski on the front of his uh, Honda Z50 in a Santa outfit running around in circles on his property, that's where you can find it. It's at Cleveland Moto podcast on your uh, local Facebook provider. So that's where we kind of that's where the, the repository is for all that stuff. And if you send us something, if you're a Patreon uh, party member, yeah, you can get stuff and we'll take your gear and we'll share it with other people. So it's a lot of fun, but uh, it is cool to get that stuff coming in. I I absolutely love it.
2: I have a quick question about Dan's background. If you watch right now, that guy to the left of Dan's left, is that cinch or no? No, Uh, he's coming in in a second on the green bike. On a green bike? Yeah. Yeah, watch
4: it right at the end. There he goes.
2: Oh yeah. That, uh, okay, uh, so that was Sanchez. All right. sleepy. He kept, he kept, he kept the, the kid best kid. parts. He kept the best
1: parts out when I landed on top of them three-year-old girl or something. So nice. I appreciate the editing. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was wondering I if anybody was going to pick pick it up or not. So occasionally we say things on this podcast that we forget about because we may have drank something before or drank something afterwards. But there are things like we do not have anybody taking minutes. We don't have anybody taking notes. We have no idea. If people didn't send us messages or send us emails, um, we wouldn't know. We we forget. Like it just you know we wouldn't know what we're talking about. What's right? that? we wouldn't know what the hell we were talking about we don't most of the fucking time so uh, yeah that's no shit. so apparently apparently a couple of weeks ago somebody may have used the phrase dick punch a stormtrooper <laughs> um i didn't you know i i don't know how it came up i think taken out of context it probably loses a lot right but uh apparently stumpy john thought that was the funniest thing he'd heard in a fucking long time and uh apparently he's, he's he spit strawberry quick out his nose. Uh, so, the, so, I think that was you,
3: Phil, talking about the uh, $2,000 a night uh, trip down to Disney World's new. Joint I think you're right. And you're you right. I do, I do
0: still agree that for that money, I should be able to dick punch a stormtrooper. There you At go. At least one. you probably hurt your fucking hand, though. They've got that nice armor plated cod piece. You're right. And I'd like to change that up. I'd like to be able to stir fry one Jar Jar Binks.
2: Absolutely. So, oh, a lot of people would.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that for two thousand dollars a night, you should be able to hunt, kill, and dress your own Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a hard
3: time getting more and more actors to come in yeah, the next. That's week. it. Yeah. Misha you just, just no have problem the one. With
2: that, Misha have no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: it. Yeah, you could lead him with those big floppy feet. You could just give him a good lead. <laughs> so, yeah, but if I if there was a video game where all I had to do for the entire video game was just go around shooting that asshole, I would be. I would never leave. I would play that game. I would wear out that light gun. Son of a, it would...
2: he probably has son of a bitch. Probably has seven hearts and four pairs of lungs.
0: <laughs> he's virtually That's he's a like, riddle. Up. Yeah. When you're playing a video game, he's like the most ridiculously overpowered <laughs> character in the game. Yeah. So I really, yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. So what anybody else got anything else? Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Working uh, on something. Yeah. Right.
1: So you had mentioned, you had mentioned uh, uh, strawberry milk at some point here.
0: Strawberry quick.
1: Strawberry quick. Yeah, so have you corn. guys seen this? It ended up being the greatest thing in the world. There was there was billboards and everything put up for this. Uh, and here, take this out. Let me see if I can uh, get this to work. <laughs> so wait, like, I can't get the picture to come up. Fuck, because it's so they did a prank. God, right.
0: I, meatloaf mecca.
1: It? Yeah, so it's it's the meatloaf mecca where they say we only serve meatloaf and strawberry milk. Well, and that's Athens,
0: Ohio. I think that's where Merritt was born.
1: Yeah, so like they did this, but it was a marketing ploy. And so yeah. they had over like 10 million people go and like hit the thing and all these links, and they had a picture of it and the whole thing for this Margie's place that was in Athens, Ohio, Margie's Meatloaf Mecca.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And we only serve meatloaf and strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that sucks is I was like – Man, if they had a vegan version of that, I'd be in. I'm we'll down all over with both of those things.
0: <laughs> so something that probably got too much play that I actually think, you know, if you live in Cleveland, this idea is not going to seem strange to you. But this guy said his business model was to sell grilled cheese sandwiches for $1. Ah. And, and that he's going to have just a small food truck trailer. And all he's going to serve is like literally just like, you know, margarine, Shitty white bread. Was like, Dangers. Grilled cheese sandwiches, $1 only, nothing else. And then the sign proceeded to say, don't ask me for tomato. Don't ask me for artisanal cheeses. Don't ask me for artisanal bread, ciabatta. Fuck you. Um, if you ask me for you know, a slice of ham, I'm going to punch you in the neck, right? <laughs> and it, it said that. It was all read out in the sign. And I, you know, complete mockery. But I have to remind people. In Cleveland, Ohio, there was a restaurant chain, currently, multi-million dollar thing called Melt, and it is literally based on fucking grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. And it's fancy pants grilled cheese sandwiches. But if you want, you can still get the kindergartner, which is like half of a grilled cheese sandwich and a bowl of soup for five bucks or whatever it is. But I love the idea of doing a... $1 grilled cheese sandwich. And I love the idea. If you don't have exact change, like if you only have a five, five sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) If you only have a 20, 18 of your friends are going to be very happy. And if you don't have 18 friends, you'll have at least five after you buy 20 grilled cheese sandwiches.
2: That's cheaper than going to a Grateful Dead show. Hey, nowadays, yeah, no yeah. shit, yeah. Everybody used to sell grilled cheese sandwiches at Grateful Dead shows. Absolutely, they come with acid in them, so it's all right.
0: <laughs> I I would love it, and I think it's a great business idea because I'd be the guy next door serving the little cups of tomato soup. Yeah, just the little styrofoam one-time serving things, and just here you go. You got your you got your grilled cheese sandwich, great. Here's your one dollar little tiny one-use single-use disposable tomato soup. Yeah. and everybody would be thrilled and you'd only be open from one in the morning until f- like three in the morning yeah that's it you wouldn't have any other hours you'd work two hours of, a day
1: there's a couple yeah. of pizza places in cleveland where like they only offer three pizzas it's like cheese pepperoni and sausage that's it nothing right. to mixing and like they make them they sell them and when they're out of their fresh dough that they make they're done they're done and that's it Yeah, Yeah.
2: you know, I wanted to have a place called Chocolate Chips, and it was like curbside service: one big fat hot chocolate chip cookie and a glass of milk or coffee, and we'll bring it right to your car. How many do you want? (laughs) I still
1: like your idea of the Upper Decker or whatever. Upper Decker, double decker, -decker or whatever.
2: Yeah, I still think think it should be called the Upper Decker. All the sandwiches are double deckers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. did you find out that you couldn't do it because you couldn't drive around the city because there's too many low bridges?
2: <laughs> well, that's really an issue. I can only
1: do Gordon Square up to Detroit and 30th. Yep. After that's that, it. you're fucked. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, there's a, Gorton, there's a I can tell you guys where there's a double-decker bus right now sitting in Cleveland, and the reason it's sitting where it's sitting is because it can't leave. <laughs> so you can buy it. I'll tell you. I can give you the guy's phone number. He'll sell you the double-decker bus. but it can't leave. It can go about 36 blocks one way and it can go about 35 blocks the other way, but it can't get out because it's either location. It would have to go under a bridge or uh, a set of wires. That's too low.
2: Yeah. How did it get there?
0: So it turns out the thing showed up. The the way it showed up was it was in pieces. They had sectioned it. And so they checked sectioned it, taken the wheels off and it was on a low boy. So then he put it back on his property and then welded the top back on again and put the wheels underneath it. And his idea was that he was going to do some sort of a food truck with it. But then, then it hit him that he couldn't fucking go anywhere with it. So the idea is you cut the top off, in which case you just have a stupid single level, single level bus, right. yeah. With a staircase that goes nowhere. <laughs> a staircase that goes nowhere. So, yeah, fuck it. Bad idea. So, but that's that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Not really. Uh, it's... It's kind of you know. It's a slow time for us right now. Yeah, uh, nice Vanilli.
2: beer, Dan.
0: Nice beer. I like
2: that. You got a full blown liter of stein of beer.
0: Or only is that half beer?
2: Li-
4: It's only a half liter. It's got a lot of glass in the mug.
2: Okay. Yeah, it looks delicious.
1: Yeah, it looks like a big old mug, man. So my 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 whole family is still out here doing all family things. And now if we end the podcast, I'm going to have to go and participate in this. So this is very upsetting to me. There's people from all over the country here doing, I don't even know what's going on. I wasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you may have to, you may have to go interact with them at this point.
1: Because <laughs> uh, like, they were like, they were like, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, you guys showed up on the podcast day. I can't. Practice. Yeah, it
0: just happened to be the podcast. There's nothing I can do about it.
1: Yeah, Right. Yep. But now if we're ending it, then I'm gonna have to go and now I'm drunk. Do you wanna hear a joke? I do,
3: yes. So Sue and Sally are discussing their sex lives. Sue says, Mine's okay. We get it on every week, but it's no big adventure. How's yours? Sally re- replied, It's great ever since we got into S&M, Sue was surprised. She was really Sally, I never would have guessed that you go for that. Oh sure, she says. He snores while I masturbate. Hey, it's perfect. <laughs> I was reading up about a, a, a
2: motorcycle, the two, 1936 BMW R255, you'd huh? have to look it up, but just some of the things that were interesting about that bike, made in 1936, so pre-war production, That's, like, that's so this like, was a supercharged yeah. 500cc, a rain sport, pre-rain sport. Dual overhead cam. The bike was capable of 140 mile an hour. What is it
3: 1936
2: BMW what? R255. Wow. Somebody was able to actually take that bike to 176 miles an hour in
0: 1937 diggity. You know what's funny is it doesn't look pre-war at all. I mean, it, it looks very much like... It has telescopic front fork. telescopic it forks,
2: has, yeah, it has an all-welded frame. So it didn't use, like even Norton was using uh, cast iron slugs in the joints of the frame. It used an all-welded frame, yeah. And the uh, supercharger fits perfectly on the front of the motor and is driven directly off the crank. It's just that little, uh, you
0: know bump out on the front of the motor i'm gonna share the screen just so people can check it out because it really is special i mean it's 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 fucking cool as hell and it the the crazy thing about it is that it looks positively if you'd have told me this bike were a 63 i'd believe you yeah right?
1: right holy shit
0: like i wouldn't doubt you at all if you told me this motorcycle was from this the the early 60s yeah. you know mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's got the you know it's got the the vertical uh Rear shock absorbers and everything else, but I'm also looking at it and seeing that it's got very modern, you know, bra- or very modern forks. It's got a very, you know, period of a, 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 a frame that's been that way forever. You know, it's really cool. And that uh, supercharger on the front is no slouch either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that picture. There is a 1939. Yeah. You know? but I mean not kidding 60...
2: talking about that is what I was and they were talking about that it's a oil mix in the gas yeah. is what lubricates the supercharger yeah so they're like running a two stroke or putting gas yeah.
0: yeah. with the fuel to lubricate the supercharger what kills me too is you know yes 100 miles per hour sure that's cool 7,000 RPM I out know. of a twin mm. yeah.
2: I was reading different numbers than that in the
0: article that I was looking at yeah but I don't know. Yeah, that's gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, that is absolutely beautiful, and uh, that's that's cool. That's that twin overhead cams. That's that's really rad, man. That's really cool. Four speed transmission. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a very cool machine. That you know, so many times pre-war bikes are like, yeah, you just you know, you wouldn't want to ride it. it. It's it's going to be all weird. It's not going to work the way you want it to work. You, you know, this thing looks like it's Jump on it and ride it like you would a modern bike. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's that's really neat. Yeah, the uh, it, it's it's incredibly cool, and it does look like that. It would, it did the senior TT, so that was you know not a big surprise there. So, yeah. Well, they won the Isle of Man on one of these bikes, I think, in thirty seven or thirty eight. That's what it says. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. So that's very. But then they cool. banned the
2: supercharging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he set the new lap record. So that was a uh, uh let me see here. Yeah, so he set the the lap record at the Isle of Man. That's that's nothing short of incredible. Good for them. That's that's a very cool motorcycle. That's that's bad as hell. And uh yeah, they had to change the rule book. No more superchargers. Yeah. So that's uh that's something. Yeah super cool man i really like that just a, a beautiful beautiful machine nothing, nothing i don't wrong think any one
2: of us will have to ever worry about
0: owning one no i think I we're probably safe we're, yeah
2: there were very yeah. many built
0: yeah i i totally dig that i mean that's and you're starting we're reading more and more about how there's going to be this push towards 400 cc bikes uh from all the manufacturers and Kawasaki's shown pictures of its brand new Ninja 400 and they're going for that, you know, we're going to have multiple cylinders It's not going to be a single cylinder 400 anymore. They're talking about twins and fours and, you know, that's going to be expensive. So when you do twins and fours, uh, the price of the bike's going to go up, but the performance is going to go up with it. And it's no longer going to be just the cheapest bike you can buy. It's no longer no. going to be economy.
4: You know, um, turbochargers are almost ubiquitous on cars now. Is that going to happen to motorcycles
0: eventually? Kawasaki thinks so. So, you know, Kawasaki made it very my clear. On, uh, my, my comment
2: on 412 being expensive is just go out and buy an old EX 500 or a GS 500 because they're cheap as chips Yeah, and you yep. can get them all day long. They made a gajillion of them to the point where people would throw them at you
0: for 500 bucks. Yeah. So I would be. They obviously weren't that expensive to build. Yep. I would be very excited to see a, a new, a new sort of a, a trend for people buying inline four-cylinder four hundreds that are putting out in the neighborhood of sixty to seventy horsepower and spinning like a bejesus with great suspension and great brakes. To make a motorcycle that's going to be going back to the days of road rash and stuff like that, to build a motorcycle that's a real lightweight, to be a, a motorcycle you can ride every day back and forth to work. You could also take it to do a track day on and you could get your knee down and have a blast, but it's still lightweight and, you know, 70 miles an hour is going to feel like 140 miles an hour, you know? So I think that's really, yeah, I, I would like to see that trend. I'd like to see that happen. I don't, it's going to be a hard sell in the United States because one of the reasons those lower displacement bikes are so popular in Asia and Europe is the insurance breaks that come along with it. And, you know, under 25 years old on a 650cc oh. motorcycle in Europe, your insurance is really fucking expensive. And but here it's in somehow, America. Some.
2: Somehow, at some point in time it made sense to make the honda hornet 250 yeah. four cylinder
0: and mass produce it so amazing yeah. yeah and that's exactly what it is and in we we don't know that in this country in this country a 19 year old kid can afford insurance on a 1200 cc 1250 harley-davidson so our insurance in this country is really cheap compared to everywhere else big surprise so uh I was doing
1: searches on, uh, you know, all the marketplaces oh, yeah. and stuff, and John mentioned the Hornet. Yep. And the, uh, the Honda Hornet 919 or whatever, the base, you right. can find those for 2400 bucks with, like, 8,000 miles or 7,000 miles. It's crazy how, how many Honda Hornets are available, the 919s or whatever. Yep. And it's like, it seems like it's a comfortable bike. It's a Honda. It's a four-cylinder. You know, it's 900 cc's. I can't yep. believe they're that cheap. Like what? Did yeah. they never sell, or were they not cool, or something, or what?
0: Well, podcast listeners will know that I owned one for about a week a couple of years ago. Yeah, and uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I really do love that bike. That's a bike that to me has a, a lot of charisma. It's a very pretty bike, mm-hmm. and it it's got the numbers are all really fun. And but it's not a fully committed. I'm a race bike kind of thing. I I, I absolutely love the Hornet. I think it's one of my my favorite bikes. And when I did finally find the one that I was like, yeah, I want to buy this bike. I owned it for about a week and somebody came into my shop and gave me twice what I paid for it. Well,
1: that's so, what I'm saying. Like all these people talk about great, like not beginner bikes, but like when you're ready for an actual bike. Right. And, and I don't think a lot of people talk about that bike and it's very affordable. And yep. it seems like a lot of people don't put a lot of miles on them, which is correct. It seems like it's very comfortable. I mean, yep. so yeah,
0: and I totally agree. It's a bike you can use it for just about any damn thing, and uh, you know the the latter ones, the you know the two thousand and you know sevens, I think, and a little later, they had a much better front suspension on them. Mm. So you'll get into a bike that has the upside downs and some really decent decent front end on it, uh, and that's you know that's what I had got. I was really excited about having got one. I was I was all fired up. But you guys know I have a principle about not naming the chickens, and uh, it just you know, it just so happened. You know they they go by CB nine hundred F, and they also go by nine nineteen. You know you can find them listed both ways. The older ones are smaller, five ninety nine. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the, yep. so
1: what, when they say base, is that different than whatever? Like, is there another version besides base?
0: I don't know. What do you mean base?
2: Because it always says like you'll see like honda they put the ad up you have to select and so yeah. you just have you select base because there's no other model All oh, right.
0: okay yeah all right yeah and that's just that's just advertise. i mean that's literally the the magic of listing shit online you know so right, right you have to select a trim right Base. right and since they don't make a honda uh 919 deluxe so if you XLT, an XLT, an XLS version, or a Vlx version, but uh, yeah. So that nor- that Hornet, you're right. Twenty five hundred bucks, three thousand bucks. Um, the one that I had was the dark gray, and it was perfect in every goddamn way, and I really enjoyed it. It needed, you know, I needed to put some tires on. I needed to do a little bit of work to it to make it perfect. I paid twenty five hundred for it, and just like kind of the fuck you price, I threw it up. Uh, on my website like i do everything and i think i threw it up at 4500 and within a week a guy came into my shop and he's like yeah i'm here for that hornet and i said you know okay let let's let the negotiations commence and he said let me see it he went and looked at it he goes yeah that's great 4500 bucks and that was it hmm. and there was no negotiation there was no anything he just literally handed me money yeah
1: i mean it's and, a good looking bike it's like it, you know i mean like It's about as standard as a newer bike can be. You know what I mean? Like, the standard bike. It's it's a fucking good-looking bike.
2: Well, right now, out there by Honda, offering is the the CB650R. Right. Which is a nice-looking bike, which sort of harkens back, when you look at the pipes on it, to a CB400F.
0: Yes, absolutely. And those have been out for a couple of years now, and you can start getting those pretty cheap, too. So... We saw those at the Motorcycle Show a couple of years ago before COVID when they were first launching them out. And that, that four into one exhaust underneath or that four into one header got my attention real quick. Yeah. And I'll bet you that within a couple of years we're gonna start seeing those coming up as a really good value as well. So yeah, it's cool stuff, man. I like, it. I like all that crap. Like, bring more of that on.
1: Yeah, 100%. So,
0: yeah, yeah, big, big, big fun. All right, well, if, unless somebody else has got something else. All right, man. I say let's let's go out and let's go out in style. Ride fast and take chances. hey might be on delay. we will end the podcast I later than we will. <laughs> <laughs>